And hello, everybody. Greg Davis here. Glad to have you back with us here at Priority Talk Live. Thank you so much. WXJC 101.1 FM, of course, 5 until 7 weeknights. Glad to be with you, and uh, we are really uh, excited to have our friends with Love Life in studio with us. Uh, they are at Alabama at lovelife.org, lovelife.org, the website. And so uh, Jennifer Geralds and Shailene Burledge are in studio with us, and uh, we're going to be talking live here for the next little bit. So we hope you uh, guys will stay with us and uh, learn about what's going on. Wonderful opportunities for us and wonderful opportunities for pastors and the church when it comes to this issue of life, which we are also passionate about. And uh, as we say all the time, uh, you know, the overturning of Roe v. Wade was not the end. It's really just the beginning. And uh, as we always say, I'm just letting you, you ladies know, too, mm-hmm. this is what I say, um, that, uh, you know, it, it's to be pro-life and to say I love life is more than just being against abortion. There, there's a whole right. lot more to it. So we're all on the same page with, all, with that. So we're glad to have right. you guys with us. Uh, Jennifer and I met uh, back several months ago at a, at a, at a really helpful event uh, as we strategized for what a really, I guess, a, a post-row world might look like. Right. And I heard about what you guys were doing and thought it was fantastic. And then you said, if you think this is fantastic, you got to meet Shailene. And so here's Shailene joins us in here today as well. So, uh, Jennifer, just give us real quick just a, the overview, and we'll do a lot more detail, but just the quick overview of, of, uh, of uh, Love Life. Well, Love Life is a life-affirming ministry that began in Charlotte, North Carolina a few years back, uh, 2016, and um, we have just seen it flourish. Mm-hmm. And in, 2000, in 2020, it expanded. and Shailene and I went up there to train with them, and we have become missionaries for Love Life, and we are here in uh, Birmingham beginning that ministry. We've been at it now for two years. But basically, we are a life-affirming ministry, and our mission is to unite and mobilize the evangelical church to create a culture of love and life yeah. that will result in an end to abortion and the orphan crisis in Well, and state. that's one of the things, as we say, we need, to, we need for abortion to be unthinkable. Mm-hmm. And this is part of that process where people go, why do I need to have an abortion? Right. There's all these other, you know what I mean? Right. Now, if people do now, we want to, you know, there's, we want to deal with that as well. But Well, our whole vision is to see men and women running to the local church instead of to the abortion clinic when they're facing an unplanned pregnancy. And wow. so that's going to take a real shift in the culture of our churches for that yeah. to happen. And you said you're here in Birmingham, but you guys are working all over. Well, that's the eventual goal. Yes. We, we live here in this area, and so, so we started here. here. Yes, so we were developing Birmingham and Tuscaloosa. Okay. They were the two abortion clinics um, in these areas that's that right. we were starting with. That's right. Um, okay, beginning. well, yes. we've got folks listening in both those areas and across North Alabama as well. So, uh, Shailene, tell us about your involvement and, and, and your story as well, because I think your story uh, really sort of makes this come to life of why this is so important. Well, so things changed for me in 2016 when I went through abortion recovery. I'll backtrack 10 years before I had, in 2006, was homeless, addicted to drugs, walking down the street of Indianapolis, Indiana, and a van drove by and handed me a flyer out the window, and Arm reached out, and the flyer said, if you have 
family problems, problems with drugs, alcohol, and then first call on Jesus. I had taken that flyer and went to an abandoned apartment that night, was by myself, nobody showed up, and, and that's where I read, first call Jesus, and I thought, well, I'm in my 30s and I'm really not doing too well, so I called out to Jesus, and uh, I got rest. He lifted, you know, the Lord lifted the addiction off of me immediately. I rested that night for the first time in years, mm-hmm. true rest, and I got up, and the next line on that flyer said, then call us. So I went to a pay phone. And First call Jesus, then call us. Mm-hmm. We uh, have a free. That needs, a, the that next needs line, a jingle with it or something, too, <laughs> right. doesn't it? Yeah. And the next line said, we have a free women's home, free, uh, free of charge, a women's home free of charge. So I went to a pay phone. I called them. They were three hours away in, from Ohio just to hand me that flyer. Uh, the Lord really orchestrated this wow. for me. He pulled me out of Wait that darkness. Tell me a little bit more about that now. Have they come from Ohio? They they call it fishing for souls, and so I went and spent a year and a half at this women's home. And what we did is we would drive around, we would go, you know, to different cities and states just to pass out flyers to men and women walking down mm-hmm. the streets of, of you know, destitute streets. Uh, that we knew people were walking in and and yeah. hurting and lost just as I was. So it's I was on a, a 40, flower ministry. Yeah, I was on Forty Second <laughs> and Post in Indianapolis, Indiana, walking down it the street. Worked. That's exactly right. It worked. Well, my mother had been praying for two years, Lord, send someone uh, to tell Shailene about you because she's not listening to me. So my mom and her church had been praying for that for two years, and the Lord did exactly that. So I went to the women's home. And the first thing I did is I asked the Lord to forgive me of my sin because I knew I was the worst sinner of all. There was no other sinner like me. Um, I had had an abortion. I asked for his forgiveness because I had an abortion at 16. It was a family decision. And when I became pregnant again at 18, well, I knew what to do. So I had my second abortion. But the cycle didn't stop. And at 20, I got pregnant again for the third time and had my third abortion. And then at 24, I had my fourth abortion. And I was just... um, I, I was filled with death and darkness, and so in 2006. So now, let me stop you. So, how had four abortions before at 24? Um, how common do you think that is or was? I mean, very. I, I think more common than what you'd like to think. Yes, more common than what I think and what I'd like to think. But I, uh, 30% of uh, men and women, 30 to 40% of, of women having abortions go on to have multiple. Yeah, yeah. I think it's 40%. Mm. Wow. So we're talking all, that's almost half of what we know we may not have all the numbers truthfully but so uh it it is i guess that's common 40 percent of anything is makes it common and so um so i ended up homeless and and anyway with with this i asked the lord forgive me i'm the worst sinner of all there's another sinner like me surely you can't use me mm-hmm. and the lord audibly said to me daughter my son jesus christ died for you mm-hmm. so i was forgiven i tucked that secret back in i didn't have to talk about it i didn't tell anybody about it i didn't have to do nothing but keep on going with my secrecy and shame and guilt i was forgiven by the lord and nobody needed well, to forgiven know. but 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 not healed so then 2016 comes 10 years later, and I'm here at WDJC visiting. Um, Were you really? Yes. Yeah. I was visiting Lisa. Yeah. Uh, or Roxanne. Roxanne, and sure. Chris and Roxanne. Were you here on a Wednesday, maybe, I guess? Mm-hmm. It was on yeah. a Wednesday morning. Yeah, I'd been yeah. invited. I was doing ministry sure. with her. Um, 
the special ops ministry yeah, on Monday yeah. because I, I knew that aspect of life sure. being homeless and, and addicted. So I, I was here just visiting that day and Cindy Harless, the director of abortion recovery, Alabama was on the radio. I was not thinking about my abortions. I wasn't thinking about my past. I was a Christian walking with the Lord and, and studying the Bible, but had this secrecy of shame and guilt as she talked about abortion recovery. When I heard those two words, abortion recovery, um, that just changed my life. I started to, you know, secretly or, you know, asked her for a card and hightailed it out of there. And then uh, started classes two weeks later and life changed for me when I was healed in 2016. I was forgiven in 2006, healed in 2016. And so my passion is uh, on the front end, I don't want women or men to go to make this decision and there's hope and help out there. And then uh, in the love of Jesus Christ and then the other end is I do abortion recovery too. So this is what brought me to this ministry. I had to have healing and now I can tell my story without fear of what man thinks because I know I'm I'm forgiven and healed. Yeah. Do you think that um, a lot of ladies, and, and I mean it would go for men as well, that have uh, have given up their children to abortion um, th- they live with it I guess they function but it's but as you said I, I tucked it away yep. it was down deep I mean tell me more about what what women go through you know that that and, and men live with it too but I, I guess you can't give that perspective necessarily but we've talked with men well, well tell me I mean you, you said I tucked it away I put it away you you were you right. were saved you were studying your Bible you were growing in Christ you were doing ministry but it was still there it was still there I mean and the effects of it the trauma because it's trauma there's PTSD along with um, abortion trauma and so that PTSD could come out in many different forms I mean depression aggression homelessness addiction um, it just could come out in so many different ways, you but it's the a lot silence. about anger too. Oh, anger. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was angry. You could not tell me anything without me getting mad because you were telling me I was stupid no matter what you said. Mm-hmm. You, you know, so the anger, the, the, so much trauma comes with abortion, and we don't even realize that it's really connected to the abortion, the the, the trauma and the things that that we're facing, and so with. Um, um, abortion recovery we really dive into what God says and his healing for our heart and so what the problem is is that pastors aren't talking about it pastors are not telling their congregation see one in four women have had an abortion and that's true in the church and outside of the church it doesn't change the statistics don't change so if pastors aren't saying hey if you've yeah. had an abortion there's abortion recovery it's not the unforgivable well, they're sin. sitting in your pews and your chairs every time you meet. 25%. Yeah, we got to take a break, a short break. And if you're watching us, just hang on. We're going to go quiet and then we'll come right back. It is uh, Priority Talk here on WXJC Radio. All right, we're back in. It is Priority (laughs) Talk, WXJC Radio. Uh, Find the podcast, Priority Talk Radio, and you can find this conversation as well. Uh, go to our Facebook page, and it's there as a uh, Facebook Live video. So we're glad to have you along with us, and uh, we're still talking lovelife.org uh, with uh, Jennifer and Shailene, Shailene Burledge and Jennifer Geralds, and uh, your story, powerful, um, and and we need we need to hear more of those kind of stories. They're out there. They are out there. There needs I... to be more of them, and we need to tell them more. 
I teach abortion recovery, and uh, there's a lot of testimony out there. Cindy Harless with Abortion Recovery yeah. Alabama. She has lots of testimonies. I think, I think that have Cindy's been, been here with me mm-hmm. before, I she think. But it's, I need to get her back. It's been yes. a while, though. Her classes are starting, but she has 14 classes across the city. I teach one, I just teach one little class, but she's got mm-hmm. 14 classes. And so she's got testimonies that have been written and approved to talk about. Wow, very powerful. But yeah, Jennifer, as we were saying before we went to break, pastors, it's they're sitting in your pews every week, mm-hmm. uh, in your chairs, whatever you've got. They're in your services. They're in your church. Um, they may be happily married. now and maybe have other children maybe not but no one's talking about this and as Shailene tells us it's still there it's still there but there is a stigma in pastors minds about that whole topic of abortion and they are super hesitant to Mm -hmm. bring it up because obviously it's a heavy subject and Mm -hmm. not one that you know that they are wanting to necessarily talk about. And you're and y'all, y'all can say this because you're talking to pastors all the time. Yes. About this. This is sort of what this you're is doing. This is what we do. So let me yes. just say she's not just uh, speculating here. No, no, no. Uh, that, they that, do this day in day out. They're talking with pastors about how their church and how they are engaging with right. with life and and this is what you're hearing them say or this is what you're observing. Exactly. Like our our whole um, ministry at first before the abortion clinics closed was to spend half of our time in front of the abortion clinics reaching out to moms and dads like she was describing but the other half of the ministry was focusing on pastors and churches mm-hmm. and, uh, and now you churches don't have to and, do that other day no i mean so not, yeah we, well the sidewalk outreach part yeah has been at least for now um has been tucked away so we can focus all of our attention on working with the pastors so yes we have had quite a range of uh, responses from pastors when we ask them to um, bring this topic up. But one of the things that I love about... Do you about, think they just feel ill-equipped or... They think they're afraid that this is a political topic and they don't want to touch wow. it. Um, you know, they're like, we're, we're just going to we're just gonna preach the gospel and See, we don't want to touch that. Yeah, because so. I talk about, you know, I do a lot of political stuff and I get that a lot as well. But I've, I had always sort of observed, maybe wrongly, mm-hmm. that... Uh, life or abortion was sort of the one issue where it, it kind of went above politics in the church for the most part. Right. Maybe not as much as I think, maybe. No, it it just... I in mean, other words, gambling, oh, that's politics, but life, pro-life, abortion, okay. Yeah, I can, I can talk about that without it having to be overtly uh, political. I, I feel like, I mean, the enemy is very crafty, and, mm-hmm. and the way that it has affected the church is either... Um, total silence where the pastor is afraid to talk about it or doesn't want to talk about it for fear of offending anybody and of course leaving people like Shailene sitting in the pews without healing because they're not addressing the topic or we have other churches who will broach the subject but they do come at it from a more maybe political standpoint Mm -hmm. or a this is a stand that we're taking and it's wrong but they're not communicating the hope and love yeah. of Christ, and what are we going to do to help these moms and dads who are in this situation so that they actually have a choice to make? You know, that That's right. we actually have some uh, families within the church, real bodies who are real lives who are willing to devote themselves to these hurting families to bring hope and healing. It's like it's almost like it's been talking points or maybe even theoretical 
but not real, yeah. you know, to the pastors and, and, and to churches. Yeah, Shailen? So. Well, I also want to add that women and men in the church are going to church on Sunday and showing up at the abortion clinics on Monday. We have met several, several people who go to church on Sunday, have an abortion on Monday, because they, and they don't see anything wrong with that. No, I've seen the stats. That. Yeah, no, it, it definitely happens. So if the pastors are talking about it, if they're shepherding their people and saying, hey, listen, if you find yourself in an unplanned pregnancy, we have a statement that if the pastor would just agree to read, if you find yourself in an unplanned pregnancy, this is what we won't do. We won't gossip about you and talk about you. This is what we will do. We will come alongside you and help you. Okay, whatever obstacles that you're having and facing to keep you from having that child will overcome those obstacles with you and if you've had an abortion i want to speak to that too and we ask the pastors if you've had an abortion that's not the unforgivable sin and we have abortion recovery uh that you can go to and get the healing of jesus christ that's what we ask the pastors to do to become a house of refuge we want pastors to stand up and say this is a safe place if you find yourself in an unplanned mm-hmm. pregnancy this is a safe place to come and we will help you because right now on only 2% of men and women are going to the church when they're pregnant. They're just not going. They don't trust the church. So that's one thing that Jennifer and I are doing, or, you know, creating that culture of love and life within the church, changing the narrative within the church, you know, instead of looking down on someone who's who's an obvious sin, mm-hmm. an obvious sin is a single mother with yeah. a, a pregnant. It's, it's obvious. You could see it. Sin may have gotten it there, but yeah. got her there. But the baby is not a sin. The church, to a great degree, has in, embraced when people have uh, struggled with uh, alcohol or drugs, you know, mm-hmm. and, and have programs within the church, and you know, or you know, kind of understanding of that, and uh, you know, try to help people not only be forgiven but be healed, and uh, but not so much on this issue. It, it seems to be the thing. Which we still got imagine, a lot of work to do. Yes, yes. And so imagine if you are one of those families whose child is facing an unplanned mm-hmm. pregnancy, the the temptation to cover that up or need to hide it because yeah. you feel like, oh my gosh, all my friends, all you know, mm-hmm. they're going to all yeah. know and look at my daughter, and 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 yeah. it's almost like driving our yeah. our people. Yeah, I to guess the I guess I can say you know pastors would want to be, um, you know, they wouldn't want to be like. Oh, no big deal if you are pregnant, you know what I mean, out of right. wedlock or unplanned or whatever. You know, you don't want to, like, gloss over it like it's no big You're deal. You're not endorsing it, right. Endor- that's what I'm saying. I think yes. they wouldn't want to be seen that way. So uh, this House of Refuge, this pastor statement, we've got that. We'll share it in a few minutes. But um, uh, let's just back up a minute and kind of give the bigger picture. This started in North Carolina. Let's just yes. give how it's structured a little bit Okay. from there to here and then mm-hmm. and then how you guys are actually doing this. Okay, well, it's North Carolina. North Carolina. It started with a man named Justin Reeder, mm-hmm. who was invited by some business buddies of his to have a business meeting at, out in front. It happened to be out in front of an abortion clinic, the largest one in Charlotte. And uh, he was a businessman himself. He's not a pastor, but he met them out there. And for the first time in his life, he focused on what was happening. His eyes saw cars driving in, girls driving in with the scheduled death of their baby, and nobody was standing out to offer them another way. Nobody was offering them the hope of Christ, and he was torn over what he saw and truly wrestled for years in prayer, fasting, asking the Lord, what can I do? And the vision of love life is steeped out of um, Nehemiah 1 through 3, that, that passage, and that's what developed 
um, the model that, that he we believe God gave him and that we're using with churches to engage people um, in this. So simply what that model is, is a 40-week prayer campaign that we run, and we are inviting pastors to simply adopt one week out of the 40. It's a very simple ask um, for them. And at their, so their church would take one week out of 40 weeks. Right, right. So it's just one week. So mm-hmm. and during that week, mm-hmm. the pastor is, um, he leads the charge on Sunday. And we call it the we walk the church their process called Hear, Pray, Go, Connect, based mm-hmm. out of Nehemiah one through three. And on Sunday, the pastor just talks about life. He talks about what God has to say about it. He talks about the freedom and mm-hmm. forgiveness that can be found in Christ for those who have already suffered the trauma of abortion. But he sets the tone, and then he invites his people. Let's pray about this. Let's fast and pray on Wednesday about this. And so they just do that at home. We send them out some prayer points to to consider in Bible verses and videos. We have all kinds of things. But yeah, to make you've got it, great resources. Let we me do. say that. You, yeah, really, it's, you really do have it, great resources. I think because it was developed by a businessman, it's yeah, very it, well it's professionally all first class. done. Yeah. Absolutely. So but then I've, I've checked it all out. It's <laughs> yeah, good. Well awesome. Uh-huh. Well Saturday we invite everybody to come out on what's like a little mission trip for everybody because they are coming outside of the four walls of the church to the abortion clinic. Um, which in Birmingham is Planned Parenthood, and Tuscaloosa, it's the West Alabama Women's Clinic, um, which just incidentally, so that you know, they're both still open. Sure. Um, they haven't closed. They're just not doing abortions right now. But there we have a time of prayer and worship together. There's no engagement with people. We're not holding mm-hmm. signs or any of that kind of thing. It's simply a time to unite together and really do spiritual battle um, o- over this. And at the end of the prayer walk, we invite people to get more connected with life ministry. If they want to be a mentor to one of these moms and dads, we provide that. If foster care is your lane, we provide training for that. Um, for uh, if you want to be involved, like Shailene is, in post-abortion recovery, we've got training for that. So, um, and, and there are other lanes as well, but we want people to not just be pro-life in word only right we want them to take yeah. action and there is something that everyone well and can as do. a pastor if you're if you've wanted to become get your church more involved in in the life movement mm-hmm. uh, loving life great name um this is this gives you the lanes to run in okay yes. it gives people places like to plug in for the train it really go, is yeah. so um you've got you can be a life mentor uh, a prayer walker uh orphan care uh financial partner uh, and then also uh, restoring life, which I guess is more That's of the, uh, the counseling, mm-hmm. yeah, abortion recovery. It is Let me not, take a break. Yeah. Let me take a quick break, and we'll come right back on the other side. A few more moments here as we talk about uh, love life with Shailene and Jennifer having a great conversation. And do check out their website. Jennifer, tell them right where to go. Go to lovelife.org. Okay, check it out. We'll be right back. Stay with us. And we return with a few more moments here as we talk about love life with Jennifer Geralds and Shailene Braylage. Did I say that right? Burlidge. Burlidge. I knew close. that didn't sound right. Burlidge. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, having a great uh, conversation here about um, helping your church become a house of refuge. Uh, and I love this. I mean, you guys have just put it right down on paper for us or on the screen. Um, so could this be your church, uh, a church a house of refuge, could this be you? Uh, if you? Here's what we believe. If you find yourself in an unplanned pregnancy, please know that being pregnant is not a sin and the child you carry is not a punishment. It is a blessing. God is knitting this child in your womb 
You may have made a sinful decision that led to this pregnancy, or you may have been sinned against. But we want you to know you are loved, and we will do whatever it takes to help you and care for this precious child before and after birth. Wow. We can never support or encourage a woman to have an abortion because the child you carry is made in the image of God and is intrinsically valuable and loved by God. You need to know how we will respond. So here's what we won't do. The church family will not gossip about you, shame you, or abandon you. This is a house of refuge, and we will not allow for the family of God to harm one another with words or actions contrary to the love of God as revealed in his word. Here's what we will do. We will do everything in our power to remove whatever obstacles stand in the way of you having this child. There are people in this church ready to mentor you, throw you a baby shower, and connect with connect you with resources inside and outside of your church. We will also hold men accountable for living out their calling to provide and protect women and children. Finally, if you have ever had an abortion in your past, we want you to know that abortion is not an unforgivable sin. Whoever confesses and forsakes their sin finds mercy. If you have never gone through a post-abortion Bible study, we will be happy to connect you to one so that you can walk in complete healing and freedom. Uh, I can't think of anything any better for every church within the sound of our voice to stand in their pulpit and declare, and then you guys come along and help train the people, equip the people. Right. We're not saying pastor or whatever, you got to do all of this. Just lead the way and mm-hmm. let Love Life come in behind you and raise up a group of people within your church that can lead out in all these areas. Shailene, am I hitting it right? You are. And, you know, based out of Nehemiah, that's what Nehemiah did. He heard about the wall, and that's what we're asking pastors to do on Sunday, let the congregation know about our broken down wall, which is the abortion clinics. Um, And then fast and pray. That's what Nehemiah did. He fasted and prayed, and then he went to the wall. And then he connected the 12 tribes across denominational lines to stand on that wall and repair it. And that's what we're wanting to do. We're wanting to get churches, the evangelical church, it's time. Now is the time for the churches to stand up and say, hey, we stand for life in, in, in more than word. But we're going to shepherd our people in life and what that means and come alongside men and women. And that's being the church. That's repairing the wall so that men and women run to the church and not the abortion clinics. Because while we are, the abortions are not happening here in Alabama. They're leaving and going other places and yeah. 10 to 20,000 now we don't know this for you know uh, concrete but we know that abortion pills are getting mailed into Absolutely our state they are. and yes. we're thinking uh, the numbers could be as high as 20,000 yeah. 10 to 20,000 and those are dangerous abortion the, pill uh, uh, um, abortions are very absolutely dangerous they are they send these uh, high-powered chemical pills to to young ladies uh, to take it home oftentimes by themselves mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's not like popping an aspirin I mean uh, no. there's a, uh, this is a process they go through and it's it's not pretty no. uh, and so they don't realize that I think that's another uh, big issue that needs to be covered uh, by the church you're fine go yeah if you need to that's wonderful okay Sh- um, Jennifer tell us what needs to happen uh, next okay if somebody's out there can they go to the website maybe share this with their pastor if there's a pastor out there give us a little bit of what this looks like going forward for the listener well if you would like for your church to become a house of refuge really you could just email alabama at lovelife.org that'll reach both shailene and i alabama at lovelife.org and we will get you set up we would have an appointment with your pastor and share the vision of love life um 
we would he has two options uh, we would love for him to do both he can adopt a week like we discussed mm-hmm. and take the whole church through that process or if he just wants to become a house of refuge then all that yeah. takes is for him to commit to read that statement that you just read twice a year at least twice a year um, and then to give us a point person that we can work with and so we will begin working yeah. with that point person to find well, the life team look, of the church. every church has that person mm-hmm. that would just uh do cartwheels to know that their pastor was sort of saying, "Hey, you be the point person for life here in in the church." Right. They're there. They're sit. They are there. We just haven't probably empowered them to the point that we could have. You know, that's what I'm saying. Right. They it's, are there. It's a matter of uniting because the people I go together. speak in churches and I speak on some of these issues. They come find me after. Yeah. And they're glad to see someone speaking what they know. Right. They're glad to hear it. Glad to see it. Glad to know somebody else is doing it. And so they're out there. They are out there. And what we also, pregnancy centers have clients um, that they are working with and that they would love to be able to safely place in a church that they know mm-hmm. is going to continue the same message of love and concern that they've been showing them. And so if you are a house of refuge, they'll know, okay, this church already has been trained. They have people ready. I can call that point person at that church and a real person is going to call my client and is going to love them and and invite them Mm -hmm. out to lunch and and start a relationship with them to get them grafted into the church. I mean, the whole Shailene talked a lot about abortion happening more than once for somebody, you know, having repeat abortions. The only way to really stop that cycle is for life change to happen. That only happens through discipleship. And so churches alone are designed for long-term discipleship. Pregnancy centers are great for triage and immediate care, yeah. but it's the church that does the long-term yeah, care. Yeah. And you guys work with the pregnancy centers Yes, we and all, all the communities. You, absolutely. you all, all know each other and all those kind of things. Right, you know? and we're actively giving them lists of House of Refuge churches with the point mm-hmm. people's information so that they can call You know, the churches that are closest to their give person. Me a, give me a story of a church that's uh, become a House of Refuge. You don't have to call their name necessarily if you don't want to. Oh, no. just give, or you fine. can. I don't care. Give me a... Uh, Give me a story. Well, okay. So um, one morning when Shailene and I were out at Planned Parenthood um, doing our sidewalk outreach, it was early one morning, a couple drove in and we stopped and we gave them our little goodie bag and Shailene just um, leaned in and said, honey, how far along are you? And the girl on the other side just burst into tears and she... uh, Shailene immediately went around and began to comfort her and talk with her. I spoke with the man and we prayed with them. She was pregnant and she was scheduled for an abortion that day. Mm. And uh, her grandmother was even on the phone at the moment begging her not to do it. And then they had the interaction with us. And so we said, hey, would you just wait? And um, the Life on Wheels bus is going to come here in just a little bit. And wouldn't you Life just like on to wheels s- gives ultrasounds. They give ultrasounds. Yeah. Yes, it's like a full medical yeah, been a, here. Yep. Yeah, building on wheels. And so they agreed to wait and and they got on the bus when it came. They saw their baby girl and it changed the trajectory of mm-hmm. all of their lives. But because we had already had a house of refuge church trained and ready, we were able to get her connected immediately with a pregnancy center that day that was near where she lived and a house of refuge church and a point person who was able to contact her and find out what her needs were and we kept track of her throughout the pregnancy and um, at the end she actually had her baby early we had a 
um, what do you call it, a, a shower, shower, yeah, a baby shower planned for her. Um, but she had the baby early, so then we had it afterwards. And it was at Christ Community Church, so that's in Helena. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lyria from Guiding Light Church, another House of Refuge church, had been uh, kind of working with her. And then we had the youth group from Pell City from Eden Westside Baptist yeah. come. And we had Double Oak Community I was Church. With Pastor Jackie yesterday. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and we just had all of these churches contribute to that baby right. shower and love on that family. Um, they had just not seen the love of Christ that way coming from across denominational lines, everybody working together to just bless this yeah. family. So that's what. What we want to see yeah. unity I'm, I'm, and I'm trying support. to I'm trying to speak to the pastors out there. You know, pastors, just as you have men in your church who, when you announce we're going to have a disaster relief training, mm-hmm. where when there's a tornado or a hurricane and sure. man, we're going we're going to get out the uh, the chainsaws and we're going to go help people clean up their yards and we're going to share Christ with them when we're there and serve them. And you got men, you know, they're just going to be so fired up about that. And that's just, they're just going to give them something, a ministry they can just jump into. Right. You've got some people sitting in your church that'll do the same thing with this. Right. If you'll mm-hmm. just put it out there for them, if you'll just set the plate, mm-hmm. you've got people that'll take it and will run with it. Yes. They are there. You just need to recognize and, and maybe you haven't known what to do with them. Okay. But that's where you guys come in. That's right. You've got the resources, the training. Uh, you'll come in and work with them and, 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 and get your church to be a house of refuge. I think it's uh, absolutely wonderful, and I hope everybody uh, out there will take advantage of it. I hope maybe you'll get more phone calls than you can handle. Oh, me too. That'd be I mean, awesome. <laughs> just give it a phone call. Uh, just send an email, alabama at lovelife.org. Let's start yes. with an email. That's the best way. Yeah. Alabama at lovelife.org. And uh, just uh, have a conversation about it, okay? And uh, no commitment. No, you don't have to promise the world. Just call, talk about it, find out the details, get your questions answered so that they can come in and, uh, and help you guys. And this is a nonprofit as well. Absolutely. So they need your financial support. They're not out <laughs> selling anything or doing all. They're not doing that. All right, that's not what this is. This is a ministry-minded uh, group, and uh, they're ready to come in. And to help you, Shailene, since you had to go out with with a with a cough, I'm gonna give you the last word. All right? Okay. Well, I want to say that when pastors have read that statement, every time someone comes up and says, "Hey, well, at the Guiding Light Church, uh, when that statement was read, a woman came up and said, I'm pregnant and um, not wanting to keep this child,' and they were able to tell her, "We'll help you," and they did." So when the statements read, it starts right there. Yes, and yeah. then 13 women followed after that the following year. So yeah, wow. I mean, uh, be prepared to minister. Uh, we can't do any more. <laughs> it's a it's a wonderful plan. It's proven. Uh, it's it's worked other places, and it's mm-hmm. working here. All right, Alabama at lovelife.org. Thank you, ladies, for being with us. Thank, Thank you. you.